0: Welcome Toronto Rush and Ultimate fans to the very first episode of the Rush Report presented by The Forecheck. I'm your host, Tammy Allen, and I am stoked to be bringing you this show because if you felt like something was missing from Pro Ultimate, this show is it. It may be a gray, rainy January day in Toronto, but the 2017 AUDL season is fast approaching and we're starting things off with a bang with the man, the myth, the legend, Rush GM and head coach... Scott Shooter Hasty. Scott, how you
1: doing? I'm doing fantastic. How about yourself?
0: I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I really appreciate you taking some time out of your day to uh, chat with us. I, I know that with the season uh, fast approaching, you guys are pr- probably pretty busy right about now.
1: Yeah, certainly um, lining up uh, details of uh, you know, some practice plans, some new strategies for 2017, and uh, just getting rolling out all the Player announcements of all the, uh, the signings for, for the squad.
0: Nice, nice. So um, I guess, you know, I'll start off with last year, by all accounts, was a pretty successful year. You guys finished first in the East with 13 wins. The only I uh, sort of blemish, I guess you could say, is you uh, losing in the semifinals to Dallas R- Roughnecks. But what did you see last year that you can use and build on for this upcoming season?
1: Yeah, certainly it's always uh, it's always hard to look back at the successes when you uh, when you take a little uh, uh, kick in the teeth and in, in the semifinal, uh, Dallas was a pretty strong squad and they uh, they they delivered and uh, made us made us uh, look look like we had some work to do. Making it to the final was 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 one of our goals and we achieved that. Um, having some really fantastic games against uh, D.C., some you know even the. Uh, the playoff game um, right before uh, right before our trip off to Madison was uh, pretty exciting. Um, overtime um, pulling out a win from the home crowd was was just awesome. So uh, certainly we know we can contend. We know we can um, uh, deliver in those big games, those tight games. So the thing that I certainly took away as the the biggest positive of the year was. Um, how a number of our first and second year players were really starting to contribute at a high level. We had 28 or, well, I guess we were almost at 35 players on the team last year, all fighting to grab the, the 20 spots each week. And uh, we really saw some competition. People want to play, people want to get uh, dressed uh, for those hometown games in front of uh in front of their fans, but they also want to um, get as many um, many games uh, on the road as well. So uh, that that level of competition uh, really started to show that hey, we've got a lot of really fantastic players here in Toronto that uh, um, you know deserve playing time or earning playing playing time uh, in front of us. And I, I think we're going to be looking for for those group of. Uh, group of dudes to take a real step up this year and uh and and not only contribute but uh carry us at times so
0: uh that's good that actually leads me into my next question um on Monday I read that you guys re-signed six of your vets and uh one of them being Jeff Lindquist and I know you just mentioned the young guy stepping up how important is a guy like Jeff Lindquist who's been with the team since, since since its inception um how key is he on this team
1: well, yeah, certainly he's a key member of the team. Um, what, uh, what Jeff has done for the last uh, couple of years is play a, a very hybrid role for us. At, at some points, he's, um, he's cutting out in the lanes, and at other times, he's performing more of a handler role. And um, so if you look at Jeff Lindquist a, a number of years ago, he was pretty much a pure striker, but he's, uh, he's now playing a lot more around the disc, um, some of the, the shorter passes, and this is really where he he's dangerous. He can open up the field. Um, we uh, you know there's a force side and a break side, and everybody can throw to the force side. And um, the top players, those are the ones that can throw just as easily to the break side. And I think Jack might be one of the best in the game at doing that. There's some really good videos of him you know scoring walk-off game winners and overtime victories with uh, with his favorite throw, the scuba. And I think those things are really important. So. Maybe this is the year we see him take even even a bigger step to uh, to a up position. But uh, he still got the speed to open up deep for us as well.
0: Yeah, I was on the sideline for a few games last season watching him play, and he made some spectacular plays at times. So I was I was pretty impressed. Think he'll be good for the new guys coming up for sure. Now I just read an article today actually talking about the Jaywalkers. <laughs> uh, do you maybe want to fill some of us in, or maybe those who haven't read the article, as to what exactly the Jaywalkers are?
1: Certainly, yeah, the, the Jaywalkers. That was fun. We, um, doing roster announcements is, um, I don't know, can be... Um, we, we've got a lot of players that have been on the team for a long time, so as we were looking through to kind of you know release, release the names in, in, in waves, uh, we thought, hey, wait a second, we've got the Jaywalkers. And so, um, well, it's a group of group of four guys. Really, it's uh, uh, Jarrett, JJ, Jay. So you, you kind of get a feeling for uh, uh, feeling for the or where the uh, Jaywalkers came from. And Ian, uh, Ian McKenzie, Jay Boychuk, JJ Edwards, and Jarrett Marin. We we just uh, pulled off a, a victory versus New York, and we were on our way home and. Uh, those long bus rides can be terrible and and fantastic all at the same time. There's there's a lot of fun to be had. Some of the veterans, I think it was uh, Mark Lloyd and Adrian Yearwood, were, were 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 bugging those guys that they were pretty much inseparable. That they're you know constantly joking together. They they show up on the bus all at the same time. They um, all go and uh, eat eat together and. Um, stay in the same room and all that sort of thing. So they they, uh, they were trying to come up with a, a name f- name for their crew, and uh, they had some examples: the Breakfast Boys, the Four Amigos, JJ, and the Funky Bunch. But then uh, I don't know where it came from really, but it, it, it came up the uh, the Jaywalkers, and uh, uh, I guess Ian uh, got uh, a silent J added so that he could uh, he could be uh, an official member of the the Jaywalkers.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah, maybe they can, or maybe you can suggest to them that they need to work on some sort of secret handshake or something for uh, the upcoming season, if they want to keep if they want to keep this name, this cool little uh, crew name of theirs.
1: If they don't already have one that I haven't noticed, um, that they uh, they're, they're working on it right now as we speak.
0: <laughs> now Toronto is a, is a pretty big sports market. Obviously, you know, right now you have the Leafs, who are currently sitting in a playoff spot, and you have the Raptors both those teams could possibly be playing well into the spring and then of course the Jays start up in the summer what are some of the challenges sort of um, as a I guess it would be fair to say more of a niche sport what are some of the challenges um, in trying to get people to come out for a Toronto Rush game
1: yeah certainly it's fantastic Um, the Leafs the Raptors uh, Toronto FC um, the Argonauts uh, all those teams uh, playing uh, uh, playing really well so it's great to be uh, Toronto is just a a better place when uh, when those teams are doing all right i think our, our games are always on the weekend so um we don't uh, always uh, come up against uh, those other teams uh, on at the same time the the one sport uh, a very canadian sport that sometimes is is the hardest one to overcome is is cottaging yeah. and uh, um, a lot of people in toronto uh, uh, have access to or own a cottage and they they seem to uh, sneak out of sneak out of town on those beautiful um summer uh weekends so uh if it's if it's sweet to play ultimate it's also sweet to be at the cottage so that's uh, that's one thing we battle but we we do our best to put on a good show for the people who uh, are committed to uh to staying in toronto i've been impressed the, the few times that i was like oh this could be this could be tight because there's a, a really big <laughs> big playoff game. I've still been really impressed. Uh, so maybe maybe we appeal to people who uh, look at some of the uh, other sports other than uh, uh, hockey and, and basketball, look at some of the uh, other sports other than uh, uh, hockey and, and basketball, uh, or maybe we just got lucky on that weekend and nobody could get a ticket and decided live sports was better than watching it on TV. A co-worker who I, I've been... Kind of um, saying you should come see a game. You should come see a game, and he brought his uh, his his two sons out, and uh, he, they stuck around afterwards, as uh, as is the way that uh, we do it, where um, all the kids and all the fans get a chance to interact with the players after the game.
0: Yeah, and I think that's actually one of the things that really stood out for me last season. At all the rush games that I was at was the accessibility of the players. After every game, they were interacting with the crowd, they could go to the Duke of York and you could interact with them there. And I think for especially for for the younger younger fans, that's a huge part of of the game for them because interacting with, you know, these, these guys are their pro sports heroes, you know, they look up to them. And so that was probably one of the one of the coolest things that I saw. I was just wondering, is that something that you guys are going to continue throughout this season and and future seasons and sort of keep it that that accessibility open?
1: Uh, Yes, of course. I I think, um, yeah, if the fans love it, that's a bonus because I know the players just they just love it. They love they love seeing some kids seeing ultimate for the first time.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Okay, now, so before we go here, I'm going to introduce a segment and it's called five questions with right at the top here. Five questions with Shooter. Super simple. I'm gonna ask you five different questions you can just answer as honestly as you want. If you don't want to answer, totally cool with me. But we're gonna give it a shot and we're gonna have some
1: fun, all right? Excellent. Okay, next question. Next question.
0: Next question. Okay, so by day you're an engineer, correct? Yes, true. Okay, so how did you get involved with Ultimate? How, what drew you to the world of Ultimate?
1: I was uh, I was in grad school in, I think it was 1997, so this is coming on 20 years of Ultimate for me. At, at grad school, I met a, another guy, Etienne, and um, we were hanging out and um, you know working our way through uh, a master's, and then uh, uh, summer came, and... He said to me, he said, Scott, we're not going to waste the summer playing uh, softball. We've got to go check out this sport called Ultimate. It was really neat for me um, uh, coming from bicycle racing, which, you know, is a, is a team sport, but not in the same way as where you're playing a game. And so it had aspects of playing a game and, you know, chasing a disc. And I always kind of regretted never playing playing football or, like, Having a chance to, to, to play play a game with the team, uh, it kind of hooked me right at the start. I uh, met some really fantastic people. That's that's really why ultimate is a lot of fun. Is the, it draws some really great people that uh, you know are very competitive, want to win, um, but they're really fantastic people underneath the, underneath the, the muscles and the running and the uh, and the training. So. <laughs>
0: Okay, so question number two. A bit of a softie here, but what is the best thing about being the head coach of the Toronto Rush?
1: The best thing about the Toronto Rush is being able to do something we love in front of our friends and family. Um, we've all played Ultimate for a long time, but typically, you know, we travel all around the United States or um, all around Canada to uh, to play. And to be able to play in front of our our, our Friends, family, um, seven or eight, nine times in a year is, is pretty fantastic. And to do it, the the Toronto Rush organization has put together a great production. Um, we get to play at uh, Varsity Stadium, which is absolutely fantastic. Seemingly in the shadow of the uh, of the CN Tower, steps from the subway. Those are all. It's all fantastic things. Added to that, the other great thing is just. Seeing kids discover the sport. All
0: right. So as I said, I've, I've been to I went to every uh, Rush home game last season. Actually, I, I did notice a couple times you being very passionate on the sidelines. So uh, what is the one thing that a player can do or does that drives coaches nuts?
1: Aha. Uh-huh. Yes. I, I can't remember any of those times where I'm being uh, being passionate. I I, <laughs> I always. I would describe myself as totally even-keeled, and uh, I think probably the one thing that uh, maybe um, um, gets on a coach's nerves is, is probably um, uh, it's, it's probably around communication, and that could be simply as easy as returning emails in a timely manner. That you know you're going to be you um, you're available for the next game or not available or what have you. It, it, it can also just be you know, listening and practice and paying attention and, and, and giving the attention. And so I, I would say that's probably a lot of a lot of coaches have that where um, players can minds can wander, they can look across the field that you know, the the, the running group um, running past on the road while we're doing our practice or what have you. In general during game times, I I don't think there's really much that uh, drives me nuts uh, specifically but uh but you know in practice or 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 warm-ups when when people aren't listening that's probably a, a key thing for me
0: <laughs> okay so besides toronto what is your favorite city to play in
1: yeah i, th- I think it's probably gotta be montreal um, I think they put on a really good show and I think that's well recognized around the AUDL that they put on a good show first of all the location is is pretty fantastic in um, uh, Percival Molson Stadium um, you know it's a CFL stadium it's got uh, stands all around it but um, I think because it's kind of on the edge of a bit of a mountain like, you can see some the older buildings of McGill in the, in the background so that that, like, stadium feel is, is very, very strong at that location. It, it's, it's fun to be, be there knowing that, you know, we're the enemy and, you know, there's there's some heckling going on and uh, that sort of thing. But it's a fun place to play because um, their fans are so into it.
0: Nice. Okay, so to finish off here, the last question. In a foot race, who would win between you and Isaiah
1: Massa Kelly, me and Isaiah Massa Kelly. Uh well, well, it would be fun. Um, I guess I would say hands down, uh, hands down, Isaiah wins. Um, I'm a proud guy, but I, uh, I, I know, uh, I know when he's qu- when he's quick.
0: It's because he's um, got the stride. He's oh, got the legs.
1: Yeah, um, maybe we're gonna have to. This, this, this might be uh, a little bit of fun. Uh, maybe we'll have to recreate it for you one time. You're at the game, and uh, um, then you'll get see it for sure. But uh, I, I think uh, I would definitely give him the edge. He's a he's a fantastic athlete, and I'm uh, well past my prime, and probably in my prime couldn't uh, couldn't keep up with him.
0: Yeah, I may have to may have to talk to Jim and set something up where you guys race in in the the upcoming season. That might be kind of fun, actually.
1: I would I would, I would do it, but I think. You, uh, Isaiah and I, and maybe one other witness uh, could be there. And any more than that would probably be uh, pretty uh, damaging to my uh, fragile ego.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, that does it for uh, for our time right now. Thank you so much for coming on. It was a blast. I really wish you guys the best of luck in the offseason and upcoming season. And I'll be there. And hopefully tons of fans in Toronto will come out and watch and, uh, you know, cheer on the team in the new season.
1: Excellent. That's fantastic. We're uh, the the boys are working hard to uh, be in uh, top shape from uh, the start of the season and uh, um, start off late late May and uh, hopefully our season will finish uh, well, almost late late August this year. So uh, we uh, hope we continue to uh, be the representative of the East to the finals and uh, the guys are training to try to make that so.
0: Awesome. Well, GM and head coach of the Toronto Rush, Scott Hasty. thank you so much once again.
1: Cheers. Have a great day.
0: That's a wrap on episode one of the Rush Report. Thank you so much for tuning in, ladies and gents. There's lots of exciting stuff ahead for the Toronto Rush and the 2017 AUDL season. Right now, you can purchase season tickets for the 2017 Rush season. Packages start as low as $55 for adults and $25 for youth. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcatcher. And be sure to follow The Rush on Twitter at Toronto Rush and on Facebook at Toronto Rush Ultimate. You can also follow me on Twitter and Facebook at The Four Check. That's at T H E number four. Check for all of the latest news and upcoming guests on the show. Remember, the show comes out every Thursday, so be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss out. Until next week,